You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because he's good. You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We, need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise. And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, I'm about for heaven, and it's, it's forever. I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations. How are you, Rita? Well, I think I'm fine. Um, it's been a good winter. It's um, been challenging with... Uh, with the church, ser- with no church services, we don't have yeah. anything in BC. So it's been it's been challenging, but it's good. Stay at home orders. I think it's been good. <laughs> yeah, well, at least yeah. you get to spend quality time with your husband, right? Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, and quality time with the Lord. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Exactly. You know, one of the prayers that we we have, I have been saying, is thank you, God, for taking the busyness out of my life and yes you know and having more, more time with the lord more time in my home and more time with my husband well there yes. you go yeah. That's, that sounds like a really good situation yes yeah yep. where exactly do you call home that's the question <laughs> <laughs> i have many i have many homes <laughs> i guess I guess I spend more time here in Langley. Okay. Yeah. But oh, I you're in Langley, home. okay. Yeah, Langley, BC. Mm-hmm. We have we have a home. You were up in Dawson Creek at one time, weren't you? Not Dawson Creek. Dawson Dawson the Yukon. Dawson yes. City in the Yukon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lyle wow. likes to say we spent uh, how does he say it? Twenty years, but really five? Yeah. <laughs> you got he found the winters very very hard i I'm love sure. it okay. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah you didn't find any gold up there no city other than probably some gold in relationships with people i was gonna say that yeah the gold was <laughs> in relationship with the people i love dawson city it it's so unique in so many ways and um yeah I got to see an awful lot of the native people there and build friendships with them. And, and you know, wherever you go, the people are the same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are, yeah, they're, they're precious to the Lord. And, yeah. And they became very precious to me too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a cousin that's an RCMP and she's in Whitehorse. Oh, and I think right. you would I met her. You interviewed her at one time, Alice. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When I was up there a couple of years ago, I I saw Alice and her mother. We happened. Nice. To, yeah, she was going That's through great. White Horse, and I was going through White Horse, and we <laughs> went at a church service. That's the divine power of the Lord. Amen. Wow. Amen. Yeah. That's super. That was just wonderful. Well, it, she loves it up there. there. It's and beautiful. Oh, she's still there. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, You've been a tribal trails host as well, right? Yes. You could be introduced. You maybe you could interview Venus and I. We'll switch roles. <laughs> you probably do a better job than we would do. How long you been walking with the Lord, Venus? Oh my goodness! My heart to the Lord. Uh, Nineteen eighty-five of uh, January tenth. Wow. 1985, January 10th. That was a cold day. Yes, I was uh, an alcoholic and uh, being in the hospital and I'd heard the gospel and, uh, hey, where, where did this change from interviewing me? <laughs> uh, we heard that one. I want to get to know you. <laughs> oh, yes, January 10th, 1985 is when I gave my heart to the Lord and I was in the hospital from just drinking too much and I wasn't well and and I'd heard the gospel bits and pieces from different people and then I was laying in bed one day and I was 24 years old and I thought I have nothing to show for my life and I thought I heard about Jesus and then I said okay God if you're really who you say you are I have nowhere to turn nowhere to go I'm going to give mm -hmm. you a chance and and that day was when I decided that I was going to quit drinking and I decided that I would try God's way. That sounded um, so simple, Venus. Is it really that simple? Well, because life was so hard, I had tried other things and I was just tired of living the way I was living. And I had heard about Jesus. And, and that time in the hospital, it's like he brought back all those that had shared the Lord with me and I can remember the names and where and how and oh. and how I rejected them and they told me that uh, God loved me and I disbelieved that for the longest time and my life was a mess and I thought I have nowhere to go nowhere else to turn maybe he is the way maybe he is right and and so at that time I just I had absolutely nothing God is good yeah he is so and good. you know that brings back memories for when I became I came to know the Lord. My home was full of alcohol was in my home from for three, four weeks at a time. It was the hub of of, okay. of the liquor station, I guess you would say. The people came and go and it it was partying 24 hours a day constant in the mining town and yeah. that was uranium city wasn't it uranium yes. city saskatchewan yeah and to me that wow. was normal and you know that didn't bother me the alcohol did not bother me living in that in that atmosphere did not bother me i yeah. i i love the alcohol people I think they are the most genuine people I have met. They are honest and they don't mind saying what they are, who they are. And you know, when, when you meet them, there's no falsehood there normally. Yeah. Yes. You know, they, yep. And they want you to accept them just the way they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, That's really something. And when I never drank. I never drank, not because it wasn't offered to me, mm -hmm. yeah. but because, because I saw what it did to my mom and I saw what it did to my dad. And at a mm -hmm. young age, that hurt me because my mom 
was such a beautiful person. My dad was such a beautiful person. And you know, my mom never started drinking until she was 48 years old. Wow. And when she lifted up that bottle, she never put it down. It became a part of her life. She used to call it my sunshine. Mm, okay. And mm. I never I never saw her drunk, but she was always in that clumsy sort of I don't know how you would call. She was always in that she was a happy person, I guess. Happy go lucky and in the village our family is very close. Yes. There's cousins coming and going all the time, you know, children coming and going. Our house was always full. Mm. And then when we moved to Uranium, well, our Native families sort of dispersed to their own struggles and their own homes. Mm. And then the miners came in with the liquor and mm. they became her family. And she loved them. And she op- our doors were open. Anybody could walk in and she loved anybody and everybody. Wow. And not to say that there was no fights and you know no fighting going on but when when that happened she would always say okay go outside and fight and they go outside do their little fight <laughs> and then they and then they come, come back, back in yeah. as friends and drink you know it was it was sort of a happy like it was there was not a, there was no anger in my home yeah. no no mm-hmm. no abuse no sexual abuse no anger it was just party time constant party time and that would happen for around three three and i always worked i always worked out but i always lived at home to a certain extent yeah and i would go to sleep and the people who were drinking would line and every room was full of people drinking. Mm-hmm. My bed was a double bed, and I'd go to sleep. And the people who were drinking, some of them strangers, some of them fam- some of them families, all mixed up together, right? The yeah. bed would just be full on this side, one one next to another, on on this side and on this side, and the wall is there, right? And to get up to go to the bathroom outside, I'd have to part them like this. <laughs> that was working like this. Wow. Trottle out in between the boozers outside in the middle of the night, back in again, sort of like, part them. And you know, I'd sleep just like that. Wow, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Amid dirty jokes and who knows what going on. God wow. gave me peace in that environment. Wow. And I slept like a baby. Never knew my need for God. I was a strong worker. After three weeks, this would go on for three weeks. And I could see my mom not getting well because she's not eating, right? She's just drinking. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when I saw, when I started to see that happen, now this was going on when I was 15, 16, 17, teenage, in amongst the miners. I never went out with any of them that were drinking because I did not like the smell of liquor. Because after three weeks, I would throw open the door <laughs> and kick everybody out. And I'd say, it's time to okay. go. And you know, they always respected me. 
and I would take their liquor, break the bottle over the slop pile, and start emptying it. Well, they, as soon as I started that, they're collecting their bottles and out the door they go. Right? Wow. <laughs> That's power. <laughs> and when I, whenever I saw them, whenever I went and saw them, they always said, you owe me, you owe me this many bottles. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were always good to me. And I would wash my mom, put her to bed, pull a chair up to her bed, and she would wait, and I would fix her a sandwich and feed her and mm. put her to sleep and sober her up. She'd be good for three weeks to a month, and then we'd start the cycle off. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And I lived in that without a care in the world. Nobody <laughs> told me about, well, I can't say nobody told me about Jesus because Ray Bradford came to the village. But I never went to his place all that much, the missionary house. Mm -hmm. I was very strong in my other faith. Faith that okay. followed the law, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Uh, my dad died when I was 15. It was very traumatic. He was, died by DUI mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. our front yard at a party. And that really, really yeah. hurt me. And um, our faith church would not bury him because they said he died in sin. So here we are without a father, yes. wow. five children, and no dad gone just just like that suddenly. When the truck hit him, he, he was gone. And uh, and that was around five feet from our from our door, like right in our yard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. in the middle of winter boxing day mm. and we didn't know what to do and we called and I asked our faith leaders to come and see mom I said even if you don't bury my dad come and you know my mom is crying and uh, no yeah. they wouldn't they wouldn't even come near the house then I remembered the missionary and I thought I wonder if he will come and see mom and he would bury dad. So I went to see him and he was over right away. Um, I didn't have anything to, I did not have anything to do with him. I, I sent him to my mom who was laying on the bed there crying. And I stood by the bedroom door and I watched him and I listened to him. And he was so compassionate to mom, just mm -hmm. so compassionate. He held his her hand and he prayed with her and he said he would help us through through the burial and, and bury my father. My mm. father was a Swedish Lutheran. And I remember thinking, you know, like by the door, I don't know what Bradford did, said. I was so filled with grief at the funeral. I don't remember a thing. My head was just drumming. Think what he said, a song we sang or scripture, I don't remember a thing. But as I was standing by that door and watching him, I said to myself, if there is a God, that's how he would demonstrate himself. It's through mm. love for other people. Yeah. And I firmly believe that this day. There's just not enough love to go around to people who are hurting. 
through that, I came to know the Lord three years after when I was 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. How were you able to show that love today? I am so thankful for the heritage God gave me. I'm very thankful for the home I grew up. I'm so thankful for mom. I'm thankful for dad, for my home. I'm thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ for my heritage, for my native heritage, mm -hmm. for my heritage and my mom and dad, for the path he led me in bringing those beautiful people, alcoholics, into my life. Because believe it or not, I learned a lot from them. I learned they have a lot of compassion, lots of compassion, and they care for one another, and they care for their families, they care for their children. We all have misfortune in our lives, and we are all weak sometimes. When people are weak, the strong has got to step in to be compassionate, to lift them up. Yeah. Like, I don't know where we would have been if Bradford never helped us. And to that compassion, he has taught me to have compassion for other people who are needy. Yeah. And for anyone who comes by, you know, in my mm -hmm. path. And I'm very thankful for that. I guess it's bad enough, too, that an alcoholic or someone who's who's got that lifestyle, that they feel bad enough of themselves without... Thinking that they think that nobody loves them, they think nobody cares for them. And well, I speak for myself when I say that. I, I guess I felt that nobody cared for me, nobody loved me, but yet my family did in their own way. Yeah. But I just because life was so difficult that I didn't think I was worth exactly. worth anything. Yeah, I've seen that uh, we learn so much from people that are in difficult situations too. Like I work as a prison chaplain and it's just amazing. And I could actually say that I would ask like a prisoner to pray for someone in my family because I know they know compassion somehow. Mm. And another thing, you know, we don't know the past that the people take, you know, before we've met them. Life is hard. It's mm -hmm. not easy. It is. And it's not easy to be poor. It's not easy to, to not have the things other people have. Yeah. Like we were really poor, very, very poor. You know, it was not common. It was not uncommon for us to have rabbit stew with oatmeal every day of the week. And we were fine with that. But you know, when you get into a mixed society, like our village is all native. There's only a few white people. But when you get into a mixed society like in Iranian city where you have um, the richer, the well-to-do, the educated, you know, and, mm -hmm. yeah. and are us, the dysfunctional family. Yeah. When you get out into the school, you feel that. And that has an effect on you, how you deal with that, you know. Yeah. That. That not having not enough food on the table is 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 really hard. My brother ended up in the hospital with malnutrition when he was around ten years old. Mm. And there's all kinds of hardship, not only alcohol, that people have to deal with. And it's not easy. But Jesus is the answer. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So when you're yeah. talking about your love for, for people 
and your love for even those who have addiction. I, I see the Lord in what you're saying because that's what Jesus is exemplifying. Uh, what would you say to people today about Jesus and his love for people? You know, one of the most precious songs that I just love that keeps on coming back to me as I read the Gospels about Jesus and where he went, who he went to. He always went to those rooms who are need, the prostitute, you know, the demon possessed, the hungry, you know, the lame, the blind. I think of that song that always comes to my mind that I just love. I walk today where Jesus walked. And as children of God, as we, as, as us and so many other who claim to be following the Lord, I think that has to be foremost in our lives and in our thoughts and in our love is we have to go. We have to go to these people and walk. Jesus is walking there. If we want to follow Jesus, we have no choice but to walk where he walked and to love these people and to support them and to help them. That's why he made us the way we are. He gave us strength. He gave us love. He, he gives us food, house, yes, he does. You know, clothing is to reach out. And I often think when I see people in need, when I see the homeless, when I watch Hastings Street, mm. I believe God is walking there. I believe he is there. I believe he loves these people. And just like you called out to him, that that's all they have to do is say, God, if you're real, you can help me. Venus said people witnessed to her, shared to her. God amazingly brought those things back to your mind, Venus. You know? Mm. So sometimes we think in the realm of results. But the missionary that came to my village, I'm the only one that has come to the Lord. And he spent years in my village. How much is the cost of a soul to Christ? Mm. Sometimes it's a lifetime. Yeah. We, like, we like to, you know, we share the word, we share with people, Jesus loves me. Sometimes you look at results. God doesn't look at results. And he, just, he just wants you to share his love. The results are up to him. All he's called us to be is to be faithful. Oh. Faithful to him yeah. and to present his word yeah. and to love people. And, it might, and that word might you know, bear fruit in your lifetime or in the next generation. But his word will not return to him for what he says. Well, you know, we had missionaries back home. We had a little church, but the church fell apart. And the missionaries, what they got out of that was they didn't get a church, but they got two missionaries out of that group. Two good ones, too. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Mark. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I, I often... Yeah, think of that, you know, Ray Bradford gave his life to the mission, to a village that scorned him, that laughed at him, that had nothing to do with him. And when he first came, they said, oh, he will not last long. He is a white man. He will not know how to get his word. He will not know how to do this. And he will not know how to do that. And he was the only one that was of another faith. So mm -hmm. they did not like him. And they said, well, if we do not help him, he will leave. He'll just leave. 
but you know, he, he didn't, he, um, he persevered through the winters and they're hard and they're cold up north and the isolation. He stayed and he stayed. Sometimes God calls us to do that. It's just to persevere and to just share the word of God and leave the results to him. Hmm. Just like you said, you know, they got two missionaries out of that. I'm the only one from the village that came to know the Lord. Yeah. But because of tribal trails, I wonder how much Ray Bradford gets. Yeah. You know, for his faithfulness. Yeah. We're all uh, we're all in it together. We're all uh, part of the body, right? So. Right. And when you think of tribal trails, and sometimes they don't want religion or Jesus in the home, but they watch tribal trails and tribal trails goes into every home and surprisingly how many people watch tribal trails yeah and a lot yeah. a lot yeah yeah and you know that's god's work yeah you know, like when we first started i've been with them for 40 years wow yeah wow. in the early 80s yeah yeah with with uh Derek when we first got started with donna yeah before it even yeah. got on the ground yeah we were told nobody will share. Native people are very private, very private with our with our lives. We we don't go up there and put our face on camera and, and we were told nobody will ever ever share. God has just blessed our people with mm. encouraging them, encouraging us. We're not alone in following the Lord. There's many of us, and it isn't only the many people that are out there watching. Those of us who are doing the interviews, it's a blessing to us. To I love to just sit and listen to those stories. We're storytelling people. Yeah. And we love to tell our stories. You know, God knew that. Only God knew. And, and our people have shared, shared their heart, shared their brokenness, shared their love, their joy of walking with the Lord. And it, it has been a blessing, a blessing to, to me, to the missionaries, to people who are walking with the Lord because of their honesty. Hmm. What a blessing. Absolutely. That's what really a blessing. Yeah. very important. I think Where did you meet that, your husband? In uranium. Yeah, I was going to ask that. In Where did you meet your husband? <laughs> uranium City. <laughs> oh, Uranium okay. City. I knew him, I think after my father died, after I was 15, 16. Yeah. But I didn't start going with him until I was 18. So was he a believer then? Or did you come to the Lord together after? He comes to my <laughs> <laughs> Now we're getting personal. I don't know about it. <laughs> he comes from a strong Christian family. Okay. But... Uh, and so I, I was working in a mine, in the cafeteria part of the mine, and uh, he was serving. And so he came, and I knew him, and I knew he was from a Christian family, and I knew his, fam his family were a strong Christian family. And because of the alcoholism in my home, I was very, very careful of who I went out with, and I didn't go out with very many men. Yeah. And he came down to the restaurant, and he asked me to go out with him. And I knew he was a Christian man. So I said, yes. And he picked me up around 8 o'clock. I had my nice clothes on. I had a skirt on, nylons, and nice shoes. And he took me to a gravel pit party. 
That's what I was going to ask. Where would you go for a date in your name? <laughs> I thought he was taking me out to supper or to a show or something. <laughs> he had fallen away from the Lord. <laughs> uh -oh. Uh -oh. Not that I knew the difference anyway, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I was at the party and it's dark, but it was beautiful. Everybody was, you know, pairing off all over the place and you could hear them laughter here, 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 and the sand piles all around me and I was by the fire. So I'd been in situations like that before. So I sat there by the log and I thought, this is going to be a long night. <laughs> Another long night. And uh, so nobody came by the fire with me and Lyle was visiting with all the other people and they come by and offered me a drink and I'd say no I don't drink you know and um, I'm fine and I usually didn't take any pop or water or anything from them also yeah so I sat there and uh, finally around midnight he came over and sat on the log he <laughs> said to me you really don't drink he thought he was really getting a party girl because he knew my <laughs> he knew my home life <laughs> Wow. So he thought he was really going to have a party here with his party girl. And he said, you really don't drink. He couldn't believe it. And I, and I said, no. And, uh, and I said, no, but don't worry about me. Go about your business. And he said, no, I will take you home. So he took me home as we got to my the bunkhouse where I lived upstairs with the girls. He said, can I take you out again? I, said, I don't think so. I don't sit by the all night by myself. <laughs> and he said, "No, I'll, I'll, I'll take you out." And I said, "No." I said, "No, no, thank you." You know. He said, "No." He said, I I'll, "I'll take you out on a date." <laughs> so he said, we'll go to the movies. So I said, "Okay." So he took me out to the movies, and through that, through that. Um, that was in the spring and and in the summer he came back to the lord in the summer at that time i didn't know what that language was right yeah yeah mm. yeah he gave his life back to the lord and his family and we got engaged in november and we got married in february and we have five kids <laughs> five kids wow that's yes. wonderful yeah how many grandchildren oh 18 <laughs> 18. Wow, 18 grandchildren. Yeah. That is, that's, that's a blessing that's from a the blessing. Lord. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, that's a blessing from the You have such a tender heart, a heart so full of love and compassion. You want to make me cry, Venus. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's, that's, that's what I see and that's what I feel. Tears to my eyes. Well, you do too. You do too. Yeah. And that's God, you know. He gives us that tender heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to someone the other day and he was in a situation where he's looking at life from basically ground zero. And it made me think of just what you were saying there right now that a person that's actually on the bottom or close to the bottom because of whatever reason, whether it's poverty or addiction or the life of crime or whatever that they're actually person's closer to coming to Christ than a person that's like got everything in the world. Everything's going well. 
they're happy with their way of living, it's a lot harder to just give God your life completely, right? But it, what a what a contrast and what a joy when it happens. Yeah, you don't have to convince a person who's an alcoholic. I'm not, you know, that's the realm. I'm not targeting them, but that's no. where I come. That's where I come from, right? Right. You don't okay. have to tell them they're a sinner. They will tell you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, we we all are. That's we the, all are. That's the thing. Yeah. We all are. That's so. the thing. Yeah. Yeah, we all are. But the person that's not the alcoholic would look at the. Alcoholic can say, "Well, they're the worst. They're they're worst sinner." <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, yeah goes a, there goes a sinner. Yeah, yeah, but, but not me. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's yes. uh, Jesus had to deal with people like that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we can all be like that. I'm afraid if we watch, we let ourselves. Yeah, but yeah, but Jesus points us the other way yeah. to compassion and love and. And identifying with people with their troubles because we have them too, right? We all have our struggles. You know, when you shared your testimony, Venus, it sounded so easy. I just gave my, you know, once you came to that point, I just gave my heart to Jesus. But it wasn't because, uh, yeah, because uh, everybody saw me drunk and everybody knew what kind of person I was. And then when they told them that I changed my life, they all started <laughs> to laugh. <laughs> yeah 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 and then i started going to church with the missionaries they gave the uh the altar call and i thought well if i didn't do it right at the hospital i'll do it i'll do it the right way in church just in case just in case i missed it somewhere so i i I did it with the missionaries in in the in the church just to make sure i got it right but i believe that he heard me the first time yes when I came to know the Lord, because I came from a faith that was by law, that's easy mm-hmm. for someone like oh, me, no. them, you know, to live yeah. by law. That came easy for me. But to live by faith, that was hard. Yeah. That, that was hard for me. That was hard. Mm-hmm. I could not grasp it. I could not grasp the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me, and I did not have to do anything. Mm, right. All I had to do was accept him. And I'd heard that. But how do you accept? I could not, I could not fathom that, and I could not. I had a hard time coming to that place where I did not have to do penance. Mm. It was so much part of my life to to accept to and and everything i worked for everything i'd done was work you know cleaning the house helping mom my brothers and sisters the work and then all of a sudden someone's going to give me something for nothing and i just have to accept i couldn't i had a hard time i had a hard time finally one night i knelt and i prayed and I prayed. Well, I couldn't pray because I didn't know how. Because all I knew was recitation, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't pray. I didn't know how to pray. And I had no words to say. I didn't, I had no idea of the word salvation. I had no idea of the word born again. I, I never heard them. Saved by grace. I've never heard that. 
what is that? You know, redemption. What is redemption? What is salvation? Salvation what? Saved from what? Saved, you know, saved how? I I could not grasp that. And I knelt and I I never said anything. I just knelt all night, just on my knees, not saying nothing. Because I didn't know what to say. I knelt the first night. I knelt the second night, just kneeling, nothing. In the dark, I knelt the third night. And I'd fall asleep on my knees. Finally, the third night, you know, I heard the Lord. He said, I never said a word. And he said, I hear you, Rita. Oh. And my heart just, and I knew, and, I, and that was it. And I knew I knew, I guess Jesus came into my heart, but I did not know those words to say that, right? Yeah. But I knew. Exactly. I knew the, I, I, I just felt a gulf when I couldn't pray. I felt a gulf between me and God. And I, the only way I knew to, to span that gulf was penance. And when God said, your, your works are its filthy rags, how do you span that gulf? You don't. It's only by Jesus coming to you mm. that gulf is, is reached. And he did that on the cross. And the next morning, I got up and I went down to the missionaries. And I stood at the door. And I honestly do not know what I said. But he knew what I came for. And he mm. took me down to his office. And he showed me the salvation scriptures because I... Lyle gave me a Bible, but to me, it's, it was a book. So I started reading it in Genesis, and I was so fascinated by all the stories yeah. in the Bible. And I would tell my, read it to my sister, and I said, look at what this says, you know. Uh, they lived 800 years. <laughs> <laughs> I would go on and on. Mm. <laughs> but nothing about salvation because I, I didn't know it was in the Word of God or how it was or what it meant. And he gave me the scripture for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yes. yourself, that is a gift of God. And that wow. just really struck in my heart. And that's why I said with you it's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> but really it wasn't easy, was it? No. Yeah. Because I had to be taught after that. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I think of that verse about how when we don't always know how we should pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us. And yeah, I guess. He yeah, makes utterance sure. for us. Yeah. So it's God reads our hearts more than he hears our lips, maybe. Yeah, our words. Yeah. Words. Well, I believe that because sometimes you can be in so much pain or so much grief or struggling so deep that you don't even have the words to talk to God and, and you don't have the words to say anything. And he already knows your heart. And all you have to do is just go into his presence and whether it's just to go and cry or just, just to sit there. But he already knows even before we even ask. And meets our need. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amazing, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's a good yes. word. Yeah, amazing. I'm always amazed. You know, we talk about miracles. We talk about healing the blind. We talk about healing people, you know, with deformities and stuff like that, like in the Bible, you know. 
But I think the real miracle is when God changes a life of a person. Yes. And absolutely. And the transformation, I am just amazed at what happens in a person's life. Just amazed. Like, I interviewed a girl, a young girl. I think she was on tribal trails. She was around 28 years old, maybe even 30. Not a scar in her life. Beautiful girl. And if you just met her, you would not know what kind of life she was on. She lived in the streets, prosecution, drugs, hard drugs. I can't even begin to name some of the things, you know, that she was in. Not a scar. Mm-hmm. Not a scar in her life. Wow. Just, just like that. And Complete healing. Yeah. And that's transformation. Because when you're in drugs, when you're in alcohol, when you're, even when you're smoking, mm-hmm. to try and break that habit on your own, you can't. There's no hope without Jesus in this world. And he's the way, the truth, and the life. Wonderful that we have hope. Yeah. We have hope, you know. We what an hope. encouragement you are. Oh, you are too, Venus. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me on. It was a privilege. This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. For good Christian resources, visit our bookstore at wabanakibooks.com. Look for a new episode next week, wherever you find your favorite podcasts.